Hello and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast. Today, my guest is Mariella Moreno, and we talk about everything surrounding decluttering and minimizing. And I don't know about you, but I want to spend less of my time cleaning and organizing my home. When we have less items, cleaning is so much more streamlined. It goes so much faster. And when we open up our cabinets, we know exactly what we have and we're able to access things more easily. So we end up living in a home that we love much more. We spend so much less time shopping in person and online shopping. And with that extra time, we are able to do things that matter the most. We can use that time for experiences and to spend time with friends and family. And as a side note, we end up with more money in our pockets so that we can have more of these experiences. And if there is a big ticket item that we want, it's more easily accessible. We talk about the difference between decluttering and minimizing, how to get rid of digital clutter, how to start the decluttering process because it can be overwhelming, and how to work with sentimental items. This is just such a fun topic. I have been working on decluttering and minimizing. I was doing really well, and I admit I've fallen off the wagon a little bit, so I'm going to work to get back there. But I really think it's important that we're not spending money on things that we don't need and filling the landfill with things that are just completely useless. So I really appreciate you being here. If you're enjoying these episodes, please, please take a moment to give us a thumbs up and a like, and I just really appreciate your presence. Thank you so much. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Community Podcast, a place to explore possibility through mindfulness, movement, and self-discovery. Our intention is to deliver insight and inspiration while fostering conversations that are genuine, unfiltered, and deeply human. We hope you will enjoy today's episode. Hello. Good morning, Mariella. I'm so excited to have you today on the Connected Community Podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited. Where are you located? I'm in Southern California. I just got back from a nice little trip from Florida. So I'm feeling very refreshed and just happy to be back home. Oh, awesome. And I want to preface this podcast that I currently have have COVID. (laughs) So I don't sound so great, but I am so excited to talk to you. And um, this is one of my favorite topics, actually. I am an aspiring minimalist. I'm I'm not doing so well at all. Um, but you've been on this path since 2018 um, with decluttering and minimizing. And so let's just talk a little bit about how you got on this path and what inspired you. Well, back in 2018, I stumbled across a YouTube video talking about minimalism. And that eventually led to this rabbit hole of a bunch of videos on decluttering and minimalism. And I was like, this sounds amazing. I want to get started right away. So I began decluttering just my home and I started to document that on YouTube. So I started making YouTube videos just for fun. And that eventually led to my passion now, which is helping other people declutter and simplify their lives. And now you're working with your parents and you say that they are somewhat of hoarders, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. Yes, they yeah. are. 
I think I saw your most popular video. It was about decluttering your parents' garage. And when you opened the garage door, I'm like, oh my God, I would have just like (laughs) shut it and walked away. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) very overwhelming. And um, that kind of just started because I wanted to start helping them declutter and simplify. I started to see so many benefits of having less stuff and no clutter in my home. So I wanted to help them out. I don't think I should have started in the garage because it was such a massive project, but I was just ready to go. was really excited to do that. So we started there and little by little, it took a while to get to the point it is now. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so what um, was the first thing that you started decluttering in your life and how did that start to unfold? Uh, So for me, the way that I started, there was this uh, minimalism game challenge where basically you start uh, 30 days for for that month and you start decluttering one thing for each day of the month. So on the first, you declutter one thing. On the second, you declutter two things and then so on and so forth. So by the end of the month, you've decluttered maybe 500 things or more. And so I started doing that at first and I started small. So I started with just one thing in my bathroom and then that led to eventually going through my whole home and letting go of over 400, maybe 500 things in a month. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so were those big things or little things? Like if you were to pick up, you know, 10 pencils, does that count as 10 things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely was something that I had too. I had tons of pens and highlighters and I'm like, I don't even use all of these. So I got Mm -hmm. rid of those too. And I think that was a great way for me to get that ball rolling and just start to feel more comfortable with letting stuff go. So Uh, I definitely recommend that to a lot of people to just make it fun um, and also start small. Mm -hmm. And did it get easier as you started going along the process or did it get harder? Um, Well, in that uh, minimalism game challenge, it was easy at first. And then once you got to like day 20, 25, where you're letting go of 25 things in your home, it's kind of like, uh, like, what else can I get rid of? But it's definitely doable and it gets easier as the days go by. I was really inspired by Joshua Becker and Marie Kondo and um, used a bunch of their methods. And I found that I started doing a lot with minimizing and I was feeling really good and really proud of myself. And I have to say that that slipped and I've gotten back into the habit of accumulating things. And I, Mm -hmm. um, I'm an organizer. I like to organize things. I like to declutter. I definitely like to do that. And I've done that for a bunch of other people too, just for fun. I've like helped people out and said, oh, you know, I'll come over to a friend's house and like help you do this. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that that happens with them as well. Like there's a space, it gets created. And then all of a sudden there's a space. And because there's a space, it starts to get filled up. And so how do we stop ourselves from getting into those traps? So the very first thing to stop this is you want to basically put yourself on a no spending, no buying challenge. I think this has really helped me limit my own things and just be more intentional with the things that you're bringing into your home. Another thing that I also like to do is something called the one in and a one out policy. So let's say I have this 
bag that I've had for a long time, but I see this new bag that I feel like would better suit my lifestyle. So I will declutter the old bag and then we'll purchase a new one. So as long as you're, you know, when you're bringing stuff in, something has to go. Um, that also really helps. And of course, just mm -hmm. be more intentional with what you're purchasing and bringing into your home because things can accumulate very fast if you don't do that or if you're not decluttering regularly. Um, I also recommend people to declutter maybe every three months or so um, just to evaluate the stuff that they have in their home because, you know, we change, our circumstances change. Sometimes we don't need these things anymore, but since we're not paying attention to them, they just end up living there and then they accumulate. Mm -hmm. I know I was doing the one in one out method and that worked really well for me. I also did the spending hold one and that was actually <laughs> one of the most powerful ones for me. It made me explore my habits and, um, and how much time I spent just looking for stuff that I didn't actually need or like that desire to buy something new and shiny. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I need to get back to those cause mm -hmm. those have both slipped a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the one of the things that was most impactful for me, and I wonder if you've done this, was um, I took everything out of my closet. I think I did a Maria Kondo, and I took everything out of my closet, and I piled it up on the bed, and I was shocked at the amount of junk that I had and stuff. And I know the 80-20 rule, like we use 20% of you know our whole wardrobe and how much I wasn't using. Um, and then also that concept of it's not happy here in my closet collecting dust or I only wear it once a year, but if I could give it to somebody and they're using it and it's being used in this world and enjoyed, that's a much better place for it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was super helpful to see how much I had accumulated and didn't need. And then mm -hmm. also like putting everything back in the closet and having that space felt so yeah. good. Yes. So I did that in the right. very beginning as well. Um, my closet, I had tons of clothes and I didn't realize how much I had until I took everything out and laid it all on the floor, on the bed, wherever I could put it all. And I was like, I don't even wear half of these things. Um, some of these don't even fit anymore. Um, some of these might be more sentimental. So I ended up putting those on just a different, like a box, like a sentimental box so that they're not taking up space in my closet. Um, so yeah, just, it's very shocking when you bring out all the items and lay them all out there and you're just like, oh, wow, I didn't know I had so many. <laughs> mm -hmm. And those sentimental items, let's talk about that because I, I know that that's one of the things that is recommended to kind of tackle last because it's so hard. Um, and there's so many people that are attached to so many sentimental items. So what advice do you have for people to let those go? So sentimental items, yeah, like you said, it's just definitely something that you want to tackle last. They can bring up a lot of emotions, whether good or bad. And so you, I recommend people for that to just take it one step at a time. You don't want to also regret letting something go, especially if it meant a lot to you. 
And something that I do is I have this bin where I keep all my sentimental stuff. And once that bin hits the capacity, I I no longer have any room for any more. So if I do come across something that I would like to add to that bin, I'll go through that bin and see if there's anything in there that I could potentially let go. Maybe at some point I thought it was something something that was sentimental to me, but then maybe over time I'm more comfortable with letting it go. So having a bin where you have all those memories in has definitely helped me out. Also contains all that clutter. So you don't have random sentimental things scattered all over your home or in your closet or whatever space, but um, that's something that also has helped me. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. And I found that container idea really helpful. So like once the container's full and it's overflowing, then we need to do something about it. Not even sentimental mm-hmm. things, but, um, and I do love that idea with the sentimental things, but with, um, you know, like with my kids' toys, like once the box is overflowing, mm-hmm. let's get rid of a couple of things. Once mm-hmm. this, um, bin of purses is overflowing, like we need to get rid of things. So I think containers is, is a great thing. And, and we, what we usually do when things get full is we go out and buy more containers yeah. <laughs> um, and I've heard with minimalism, like once you have a container that's empty, get it out of the house, right? So you're mm-hmm. not filling that container back up. Yes, absolutely. So how are you doing this with your parents? Because they are holding on to a lot more things than you are um, mm-hmm. and you're and you're working with them. And how has their perception changed over time? Um, so I would say my dad is more, he has struggled more with letting things go. There's been stuff that have been brand new that have never been used before. There's been stuff that's been sitting in the garage for over 25 years. And um, when we were going through the garage process, that one was a little bit more difficult just because he was not in that mindset. It's really important to have that mindset of where you're going to be letting stuff go. And you you need to know that there's going to be benefits that will result from letting stuff go. And at first he struggled, but he got better over time. And then with my mom, um, she's a lot easier than my dad was. So she was not hesitant at all. She was letting stuff go here and there. And now that they see that there's all this extra space and it's not getting filled up, it's just kind of an eye opener for them to see like, wow, I can't believe how much stuff was sitting in here that was never used that I never needed. Um, My mom most recently said after we finished decluttering the kitchen was that uh, it's just so much easier for her to find things now when she's cooking or um, cleaning. Even there's just, she knows where everything is and everything that she has now she is going to use. So I love that. That's definitely what my goal was for her. Um, Cause I definitely see those benefits with doing that for myself in my home. So hearing her say that was, was a really good moment. And how long through the process did she come to that realization? Um, I think we started, um, well, we first did the, the laundry room. That one wasn't that eye opening for her, but in the kitchen, since, you know, you're, the kitchen is the heart of the home. She's always in the kitchen. And so I think after maybe we were halfway through, uh, she was like, oh, wow, this is this is amazing. Like I can I can find everything mm-hmm. now and while I'm in here. So, yeah. 
Right. And you're not digging around. Like you're not, oh, I need this pot and pan and I have to dig through and take all this junk out and then put it all back. And um, <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a benefit of navigating a kitchen is that you spend less time digging around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And asking, where where did I put this? I don't remember where this went. Mm-hmm. What have been the biggest impacts in, um, in your life? Uh, in my life, I've been able to save a ton of money. <laughs> I'm not just spending on random things anymore. Um, and with all that money that I have saved up now, it's going to more important things. Like for me, experiences have become such a big part of my life now after simplifying. Now that I do have all this extra money and not spending it on just stuff that I don't need, I'm able to create memories and go to the concerts or these trips. Like, like I just said, I just got back from Florida not too long ago. And so mm-hmm. that was something that I couldn't have done um, before I simplified my life because I was just spending all my money on stuff. Yeah. And I think that was a realization for me too, was that I wanted to have more experiences. So when people would say, what does your kid want? Um, for Christmas, for example, you know, ours was like, let's do experiences. Let's get a membership to the kids play museum. Let's, um, even those Kiwi crates, which are a little bit wasteful, um, but they're experiences (laughs) that come every month. And, um, and, and same thing with my husband, like when we think of birthdays now and, and holidays, we're spending money on each other on these experiences because that's really what life's about. And, and having those memories instead of, these useless things that we don't need around the yes. house. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, uh, my, my sister was um, giving me my, or her Christmas wish list the other day and uh, for my nephew, especially. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think he needs any more toys. So I'm going to try to do something more like an experience or a consumable this year for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, not to mention all the waste in the world. And I mean, when you start decluttering and you start seeing all of the stuff that you've accumulated that's so wasteful, it starts to um, make you think about that, about how we're impacting the planet and how we're impacting the world and how we're so consumeristic and how that's so not important um, in life, right? Yep. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about... um, um, fixing things instead of just tossing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people will find things that they, you know there's holes in them or they're just broken, and sometimes people don't have the time, so they think it's easier just just get rid of it and and then go out and buy a new one. But you're also going to be saving yourself money if you just take that time to fix it or whatever it is. Like I had a pair of sunglasses that. You know, normally people were like, oh, well, the sunglasses are broken. So you can just toss those out and just buy a new one. It's faster. It's easier. But I can take two seconds and maybe order a kit online to help me repair those sunglasses or even just take it to a local store and have them fix it for me for a very low price. So that's also, again, just being very eco-friendly. You're not wasting things. You're repurposing and so a lot of people forget to do that too. Yeah. What about how has your path been with digital clutter? 
Uh, with digital clutter, that one, the most that I struggled with was with photos. Um, I'm sure like many other people have thousands of photos on their phones, take mm-hmm. pictures of everything. We have screenshots. Um, and I was actually just looking at my phone today and I'm like, I really need to go through my phone and start deleting stuff. Um, and yeah, that one is also uh, something that we also don't think about in terms of digital clutter from photos on our phone, some apps, even our emails, going through our emails and hitting the unsubscribe button just to stop those little pesky emails of them mm-hmm. trying to sell you things. So I also like to every once in a while take some time to um, go through that and unsubscribe from unwanted emails and stuff. Uh-huh. I love doing that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I feel I think, like I, yeah, I get so many and then I'm spending so much time deleting them and, um, and unsubscribing feels so good. And I did the same thing with, um, you know, everyone can do that with their mail where you get all those useless flyers. I don't know. I never look at them. I throw them always in the, in the recycle bin. Um, but you can, um, you can sign up to get rid of all of that junk mail that you get as well. Um, but how do you get off of catalogs? Like if you're getting a catalog from a company, do you need to call that company and, and ask to get removed from their mailing list? I, I find that's the best way to do it because um, my when I was helping my parents out, they also get a bunch of junk mail and catalogs and unwanted newspapers and magazines. And so I tried, uh, there's this website called, I think it was Catalog Choice. Uh, dot com and in there you can go in and enter your information and then request to be unsubscribed from these catalogs and other junk mail. So I tried that. I feel like it worked for a period of time. So I'm not 100% sure if that was the best way, but I think of uh, contacting them is going to be a better way to just completely get off that list. Right. Yeah, it takes a moment of time, but then, you know, you're um, saving the planet a little bit further and then you're also not just chucking everything mm-hmm. in the recycle bin or getting tempted, mm-hmm. right? Because I mm-hmm. I get tempted by some of those catalogs. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so um, how has this impacted your daily life? Uh, my like daily I'm, life? I'm, so I, like for me, I had more time. Like I had more... Um, I didn't realize how much time I was spending scrolling and looking online um, at stuff that I wanted or I'd put it in the cart and I'd abandon the cart. I was really great at that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got a lot of time back. (laughs) Yes. Time is definitely a huge one. Um, I've also just have better relationships with family and friends. I get to see them more and spend quality time instead of just being scrolling on my phone while being around family or something. I'm actually more present uh, with family as well. Um, I'm able to read and do other things for myself and self-care stuff, where as before, I would just try to be looking for the best deals and try to get whatever I could um, discounted from online sales or whatever I see on social media. But now i have more time, like you said, just to read, to uh, spend time with my family, with my dogs. And so, yeah, it's been great to have less. 
And I think you wrote, or I, I think I heard you say somewhere that you always make a shopping list. So like mine is Target. I go to Target and I start walking <laughs> around and then my eyes start to get big. <laughs> um, but if you have a shopping list and you stick to it, you don't get so sidetracked. But how do you um, push off that desire to get a new shiny object when you walk through a store? Yeah, a lot of people have Or do you just avoid shiny- the store? <laughs> Shiny object syndrome is definitely real. Um, So I've done a little bit of both where I'll make a list and stick to it. Other times I've completely avoided the store. Like the thrift store for me is dangerous um, just because I like to go and look at what new things are there for me to look at. Sometimes I've, I've found some amazing things for great prices. And so uh, I found myself going there too often to see what they have. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe go to the thrift store once a month instead of every single week. And so I've done that as well. Um, But uh, sticking to a shopping list has definitely helped me when I go to places like Target or um, Mm -hmm. even grocery shopping. That way I don't bring in food that I'm going to not end up using and then wasting. So I, I try to do lists for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am super guilty of that. Like just buying a whole bunch of vegetables and then, and then some of them are just going to waste and then I feel horrible about the waste in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what are your, is, what is your advice for people with kids? Oh, uh, I personally don't have kids, but I do have a nephew. So, um, from what I see with her or my sister and her ne- and my nephews, just that the influx of toys. And so I read a study um, not too long ago saying that kids actually prefer having less toys mm-hmm. and they can just be more creative in other ways and um, without having toys, maybe playing outside more or using whatever they have already in the house and playing with that instead. So um, if possible, like start to reduce the toy clutter and also just have more experiences instead. Maybe spend some time at a local park instead of going to the store and looking for toys. Yeah. I push my kid outside whenever possible and he's just totally an outdoor kid. If he's got a stick and a and a bike or something like that, he's happy. But I have found that um, even with the influx of toys, because, you know, the holidays come and, and he's getting them, or a birthday, he's getting them from every angle, not us, but like a little mm-hmm. bit from us, of course, but um, from every angle. Um, and he'll play with them for a while and then he'll find chopsticks and he's running around the house with the chopsticks <laughs> and he like is very simple and doesn't need a lot of stuff or he's always yeah. using my stuff or spoons or, I mean, it's amazing. And he's not playing with his toys. He's, which I love, he's using his imagination and his creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's shocking how much he has and how little he plays with it. Yes. Um, and how creative he can be without all of that. Mm-hmm. And I do think like get him outside and get him hiking and get him in nature yeah. and on their bikes and on a trampoline and in the parks. And yes. and then uh, it's so much better for them and for a million different ways and reasons. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What about, um, and I know this is a sticking point for a lot of people, 
expensive items that have been gifted to us. Mm. Yeah, we feel guilty sometimes when we do have something that was gifted to us that was expensive or even something that we bought that was expensive. Uh, So with that, if there's any possibility of maybe putting it up for sale, if it's something that you bought yourself, if you're comfortable with that, you might be able to get your money back on that and then also out of your house. Um, And that way, you know, you're not completely like feeling like it goes to waste. Um, If I'm getting an expensive gift from someone else and it's not something that I really wanted, um, again, I will find maybe a friend and maybe see if they are interested in the item and gift it to them. And sometimes we just feel guilty of like, you know, what if this person comes over and sees that their gift is not being displayed on my, you know, somewhere in my home. But at the end of the day, it's the person was thinking about you. So they, that thought has already like come and gone. And so that expense has already come and left. And so it's up to you now. It's in your hands to decide if it's something that you do want to keep or whatever you want to do with it. So mm-hmm. that one is uh, especially helpful for the holidays coming up. <laughs> right. I mean, I've heard that is that it's the act of them giving the gift that feels really good to them. And then if it was burdening you or um, you didn't want it, that's not what they would want for you with mm-hmm. that gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also makes me think of, I have this jacket that I had to have, it was a couple of years ago. Um, and I have to admit it's still in my closet. Um, I need to work on this, but, uh, <laughs> I had to have it. I had to have it. I had to have it and I haven't worn it. Um, and again, it's like the money's been spent. It's gone. Um, every time I try it on, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. And yet I never wear it. Um, and it could be being worn by somebody else. It could be Mm -hmm. being used. Um, but there is this weird resistance with, um, with, with me in that jacket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, and knowing all this in my head and having all this information and still, I haven't let it go. What advice would you have for me with something? Everybody's got that thing that they have that they can't let go. Um, if you can, I would say, maybe make it a point to wear it out on a date night or something, or just even if it's just that one time where you put it on and take yourself out with it. Um, I think it's, it's definitely worth because it's like you said, it's sitting in there. It's just not being used it's collecting dust. So if you can just make it a point to even just wear it once um, and then maybe decide to see how you feel. Maybe you don't even like it anymore, how it looks on you or feels on you. So if you get to that point where you're like, maybe somebody else can benefit from this jacket, um, you'll feel a lot better letting it go. Mm -hmm. I have found that when I'm able to give things to people that I know, it feels a lot better. I'm, I'm pretty petite. Um, and so I don't have a lot of people in my life that I can like gift my clothes to. And I know if I had that person, I would make me feel so much better. Um, but there's something weird about like, like with that jacket. Um, I know if I try to sell it, I'm not going to make any money from Mm -hmm. it. Um, I'm guessing I wouldn't. And then, um, and then just donating it, not knowing where it goes, doesn't feel, um, great. Like I wanted to like, I want somebody to love it. Um, but we do have, 
the buy nothing group in our neighborhood. And that's been really cool to put something in the buy nothing and then somebody gets it and then they really appreciate it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's giving that jacket a life. Yes. I love yeah. my local buy nothing group. <laughs> I've been a part of my buy nothing group for uh, a couple of years now. And I am just so grateful for the things that I've received from them and also all the stuff that I've let go. It's just so nice to see other people enjoying something that I just no longer have use for anymore. And I know it's going to a good home and sometimes they'll even send photos like, oh, I put this in my home. Look at how beautiful it looks now. I'm like, wow, that looks so much better there than it did in my home. So I'm glad someone else is getting use of it. Yeah, we'll see sometimes a gratitude post where somebody will say, thank you so much. And they'll show how they're using that item. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk a briefly about decluttering and minimizing because a lot of people get them mixed up and they're very, very different. And a lot of people will um, go down a path and they'll just kind of declutter and they're moving things around, but they're not getting rid of things or they're getting rid of a few things, but... Um, they're just kind of reorganizing their products. And so let's talk about that. Yeah. So minimalism and decluttering are two very different things. Um, With decluttering, it's just the act of letting the clutter go of things that you no longer want in your life that you have no use for, or that you don't love anymore. And minimalism is more of so the lifestyle that you are embracing to have less overall in all different aspects of your life, not just clutter. So minimalism can also go back to just the like sentimental um, or mental stuff as well. Um, Simplifying that so that you have more free time for yourself. Um, Also with minimalism, I feel like that's something that I stumbled across first and then I started to declutter after I learned more about minimalism and what that meant um, in terms of, like I said, mental uh, finances, having less, it really encompasses like the whole lifestyle versus decluttering is just the stuff that you're letting go. I mean, there's people I, um, that have gone down the minimalism path and then realized that they were, were spending so much money, spending so much money working, working, working to make the money to spend. And then when they went down the minimalism path, they all of a sudden had more money in their pockets. They had more money for these experiences. They had more time. They were able to do a lot of things that they didn't even think that they were able to. And a lot of people have been able to quit working so hard or they've gone part-time because their needs and desires and wants have changed. Um, And that's, that's so cool, right? To see that um, we don't need to do that rat race and necessarily work our ass off for stuff that we don't need um, Mm -hmm. because who cares? Who cares if it's the newest and latest and, 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 um, and finest thing, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We're not here to impress people. No one really cares. (laughs) Right. At the end of the day, nobody cares. We think they do. (laughs) Yeah. And especially Um, it's hard with social media now because everyone's showing off these nice cars and luxury items and bags. And sometimes people feel that they have to go out there and purchase something when in reality they can't even afford it or they get themselves into debt just to try to have a cool Instagram post or um, mm-hmm. trying to impress people that really don't care. I feel like everybody's done that. 
I mean, everybody that I know, at least at one point in their life, has just bought something that was out of their price range because they felt like they needed to have it or other people, there was an expectation or um, vanity or whatever. And then there there comes that regret too, that mm-hmm. feeling where you didn't really need it. Um, yes. And it could be something small. It could be something like a car that's larger or a house or even, um, yeah. or it could be just something like, you know, you're on a budget and you, and it's a jacket, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one of the cool things that I had heard once, especially with kids is that we get all this artwork and, um, and crafts and things that come into the house. They just come, they come, they come, they come and like what to do with that. And one of the coolest tips I heard was to have the kid hold it up and take a photo with them. Then you have them at that age making that item. And, um, then you've got like a digital print of that. And then you can Mm -hmm. kind of let those physical pieces go. And I really love that. Um, and with my kid, what I've done is every year I keep like a little folder and at the end of the year I have all of his art from school and it's so cool. And I definitely want to keep some pieces of it. And so him and I will go through it. I'm like, let's pick, you know, 10 pieces or whatever. And, um, which are the ones that you're not attached to, which are the ones that you want to let go of. And so we have like a little folder every year of all of his different things. Um, so that we're not amassing huge quantities of stuff because, um, my mom, my husband's mom and so many moms keep stuff for their kids when their kids are grown and then they hold on to it for 30 years and then Mm -hmm. they give it to their kids. And then their kids are like, you know, like my mom, I I think she kept a, (laughs) yeah, she kept like, it was like an ashtray that was made out of clay. That was a turtle. (laughs) I'm like, what am I going to do with this? You know? Um, and so, um, so a lot of times when I'm keeping stuff or my husband's keeping stuff for my kid, I'm like, is he really going to want this? Like mm-hmm. in 20 years, is he really going to want this? I, I-, I love what you're doing with the folders though. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the paper clutter can add up really fast and they're getting stuff left and right from school. And you're just like, what do I do with all of it? So if you have it all in a folder and then you go through it with them, have them pick out maybe their favorite pieces that they made throughout the year. And then you keep those. I think that's a great, great way to do it. Yeah. And it's hard to get rid of like, you know, they've made art for you. (laughs) It's hard Mm -hmm. to just kind of like throw it in the trash, but if they're Mm -hmm. a part of that process, then it definitely helps. Um, And I do that with my kid too, is like, all right, let's go through all your books. Let's go through all your toys. What are you ready to let go of? And then Mm -hmm. we'll go into the buy nothing group and he's able to gift those away or we'll go pick up something and he's super excited. And I'll say, see, like somebody didn't need that anymore. And Mm -hmm. now you have it and how cool. And so that's, you know, um, a way to encourage him to get rid of things when he doesn't need them. Like we have the little, um, neighborhood library boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I and love so, those. <laughs> they're so cute. And so, yes. you know, and we've been taking, I'm like, okay, we need to fill that back up. Like we've taken up, we've taken some books, like we need to mm-hmm. go and fill that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really fun to get like our kids involved in that, in that process as well. But it is hard to, um, continue to find that motivation. And, and, um, and there are, there are so many people that I, I have helped 
really like declutter where things are just incredible and amazing. And I was shocked at how quickly their spaces filled up. And there is this piece of that dopamine hit where we buy something and there's a hit when we buy it and it comes in and we get that dopamine hit. It doesn't last that long, um, but there's people that are addicted to that dopamine hit and it's just um, trying to find a substitute for that. And that, and that maybe that's the experiences is like, um, there's your dopamine hit, right? You're going to go on this trip. You're going to get to have this experience. You're going to this museum. Um, you're going to go to this concert, um, and getting our dopamine hits in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also those people that have everything that have, that have all the money, they have everything. Um, and, and they're continuing to need, need that hit, that dopamine hit. And I think it's, it's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so what definitely. about the people that like have everything, have, have all the money, have all the things, have all the possessions. Um, I do see this often where they're trying to keep up with the Joneses and it's not ever enough and it's like, they're never going to get full. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you worked with anybody like that? Have Um, I have not worked with anyone like that, but I can think of a family member who was in that situation um, with my family. So it was an uncle, I think it was, it was a long time ago, but they were trying to keep up with us. Um, If we got this car, they would go out and buy the same car. If we moved into a home, they would get a home too. And after a while, it was only so much that they could keep up. And then eventually they had to backtrack and let go of that car that they bought because they couldn't afford the monthly payments or um, realize that they cannot afford this home. So they have to downsize and live into a smaller home. And so um, it was kind of sad to see that happen, just to see someone that was trying to keep up. Um, It wasn't our family being like, oh, like you need to do this to keep up with us. It was more of them just seeing that we, what we had, they wanted to follow along. And like you said, keep up with the Joneses. And so um, after Mm -hmm. a while they realized that they couldn't sustain all these purchases. And so um, Mm -hmm. I feel like eventually for someone that is like that, they will eventually see that they um, maybe went a little too overboard. I mean, we were in a situation too, where we, we were in a bigger house before this and um, my husband and I were like, um, we were doing fine, but it was a little stressful. Like the mortgage was really high and, um, the home was big and we had all these expenses. Um, I, I ended up like really feeling like I, the house was too big. Um, and I didn't like it. Um, it didn't feel warm and cozy and I wanted something a little bit smaller. And I was really having this strong desire to like move out of that house and move out of that neighborhood. We had a really tiny yard. Um, and we ended up moving into the suburbs into a house that was smaller with a massive yard. And, um, we were able to decrease our monthly expenses and we have so much more money to do all the fun things that we need. We don't have to work um, mm-hmm. those extra hours and we don't have to stress about it at all. And we're way happier because I didn't like the house was so big that maintaining everything was just such a chore, taking mm-hmm. care of everything and, and um, 
even just like cleaning it. And now life is so much more simple and yeah. easier. And a lot of times there's this race to have, you know, a, a bigger house with more garage space and, um, and this and that, but then there's more responsibilities. There's more things to take care of. There's more things to clean. Mm-hmm. You have to make more money. Um, mm-hmm. and, we can relieve so much of that stress if we really just don't care about some of those things that don't matter so much. Um, And if they don't matter to us, they're really not going to matter to anybody else. Nobody really cares. We think people care, but nobody really cares. Exactly. Um, So once we stop caring, then, then there's like that level of happiness that increases um, that I think's like important, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) the most important thing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I I remember back when I used to think, I can't wait to have this big home and have all this space and everything. And then now that I'm older, I'm just like, that's a lot to clean and maintain. Like, I don't like to clean. So I don't really aspire to have a huge home anymore like I used to or just like stuff like that, like um, minimalism and simplifying my life has changed my mindset and different ways. And that's just an example where I'm like, I didn't realize, you know, having, like you said, more responsibilities with bigger homes and whatever you want is uh, something that I never thought of before. And I'm like, maybe I don't want to have a bigger home or uh, a nice car and have this huge payment. So yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, this has been so fun. I thank you so much for chatting with me. Do you have any like last words of wisdom to share? <laughs> um, my last, my final words of wisdom uh, would be if you're starting your decluttering journey to just take it one step at a time and start where something is very easy for you. Like a lot of people, I think the kitchen is a great place to start because there's not too much in there that you're attached to. And so starting even just with like a drawer or one cabinet and from there you can get the ball rolling and eventually simplify your entire kitchen and then also your home eventually. Yeah. I actually really like that advice of starting with a kitchen because you're right. You don't get super attached to kitchen items. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's a place where you spend a lot of time. So you, you'll be able to feel the benefits of that really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and it, it, it like, don't start with a garage, right? <laughs> and don't start, with, don't start with a big project. <laughs> start small, start small. Or the sentimental or the sentimental projects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so how, how can people find you and follow you and, and, um, watch your videos and and things like that? So you can find me on YouTube. It's just my name, Mariela Marino. And then I'm also working on my TikTok as well. And so that one is called conquer your clutter. And I also have an Instagram, but I'm not really active on that. So I would say YouTube and TikToks are my favorite platforms. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This is fun. This is a fun topic and, um, an important one. And, um, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the connected community podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like share and subscribe. I can be found at www.nikkiyyoga.com N-I-C-K-Y-Y-Y-O-G-A.com. Until I see you again next week, I hope you have a beautiful day.